you know, growth is the probably the most important thing. Revenue growth, customer growth, usage growth uh, for for any company, and especially enterprise SaaS company. And the way to drive growth uh, is obviously have a great product which customers want, uh, but also sort of start addressing more and more of the TAM and deliver more and more value to your existing customers or, or the TAM that you're that, that you're addressing. We are right now squarely focused on the global 5,000. Hi, welcome to Forbes India's The Daily Tech Conversation, where we bring you insights from tech entrepreneurs, CXOs, and investors from around the world whose work has a bearing on India. I'm Hari Arakli, and my guest today is Samir Bodas, co-founder and CEO of iCertis, a SaaS specialist in the area of contract lifecycle management. In this episode, Samir talks about how CLM is moving from a good-to-have technology to a must-have system of record, as the world's biggest companies negotiate complex agreements on the cloud, turning to AI to identify opportunities and risks in those contracts. Samir, welcome back to another conversation with uh, Forbes India. I guess it's been almost a year. And and maybe you could start with that, sir. I mean, uh, how are things at work? Uh, how are things been over the last few months? And maybe, I guess now some people are coming back into the office as well. Yeah, yeah no, thank you so much, Hari, uh, for having me again. I was actually looking forward to this uh, conversation because I happened to be in India uh, at this time. I think the last time we spoke, I was in the US in Seattle. Uh, and you are here, uh, but it's wonderful to be back uh, in India. I'm actually in Goa, uh, where we have uh, board meetings. About five years ago, uh, because we have uh, Indian heritage at Isertis, um, and a large portion of our team, uh, more than 60%, is based in India. Uh, the board and all of us decided to have a board one board meeting every year in India. Mm. Uh, and so we have been doing that for the last several years. So we, I'm here in Goa for that board meeting, uh, which gives me an excuse, of course, uh, to enjoy this beautiful, you know, the beach and <laughs> this beautiful town and uh, and cuisine, etc. Uh, and it's been it's been a it's been it's been a great year, I would say, um, and and it's been great year uh, for the company. Unfortunately, there's lots of stuff going on around the world, mm. uh, which is challenging. Um, on on the personal level uh, or on the human level, um, but but from a business level, you know, it's been a great year. Uh, we grew the company uh, by more than fifty percent. Um, uh, we are now so called the leaders uh, in our category, which is the contract lifecycle management category, uh, by all the the three major. Uh, analyst firms, Forrester, Gartner, uh, and IDC. Um, I think we have also established uh, leadership uh, with respect to the type of customers we have, the technology we have, and I know we're going to you know, double-click on each of these areas. Um, but uh, but a very, satis- very satisfying year. And you know, it's, you know, we are way north of $100 million of revenue, hmm. uh, which is, I think, another question that that probably you want to double click and I'll avoid, um, uh, but but it's it's uh, uh, it's 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 knock on wood, uh, good year, and and I say knock on wood because um, you know 
all of us are working very hard in all the companies and we're making you know the business decisions that we best can um and and driving forward but but sometimes you do need luck mm-hmm. uh to break your way uh and 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 i think in the last year or last 15 months or last 12 months since we talked uh it's uh it's been it's been a fantastic uh, 12 months and for that we are grateful Mm-hmm. you know in terms of uh, the workplace so much has changed because of the pandemic um yeah and now i guess definitely in the us uh, companies would have been thinking about uh, bringing people back uh, to the office obviously nothing like meeting people in person when it comes to you know creative collaboration and things like that so do you all expect uh, you know to have some kind of permanent hybrid workplace arrangement going forward what's the thinking at icert is on that yeah yeah and and i think most leadership and hr uh, teams are thinking about that and where we have we have come out uh, given our profile uh, and our culture uh, is you know we're going to give our employees option like like many people uh, perhaps will but we have sort of three offerings for uh, all assertions uh, we call that the hub club and remote models and mm. people have to choose um which model they want and and the three um uh, so the essentially hub is where you'll spend 90% of your time uh in the office uh club is uh, where you'll spend 50% in the office and 50% uh, remote and remote is where you spend 90% of the time remote uh and you'll be in the office 10% and um we gave all our uh, all assertions that choice uh and and the and the data is still being tabulated but it actually the initial results are that about 50% uh, of assertions have chosen to be remote and mm. 50% have chosen club and hub um and and much you know the the, the hub is uh, less than 20% so the distribution is uh, let's call it 20% hub 30% uh, club and 50% remote so you're seeing a trend of people wanting um uh, to have that opportunity uh, and have that freedom to work from where wherever they can uh, as long as they deliver on their commitments uh, and sort of participate uh, in the company from a cultural social team uh, etc point of view and the approach that we are taking uh with respect to getting employees to meet or uh, assertions to congregate uh is to create joyful events mm. uh and opportunities uh to meet so so even in goa here you know we're going to have a board meeting before that we're going to have a management uh, leadership offsite there are about 60 odd leaders from around the world uh who have traveled here we're, mm. we're going to spend you know almost a third of the time socializing getting mm-hmm. to know each other as humans um and and celebrating you know being assertions uh, mm-hmm. and about two thirds of the time you know getting to work uh and and getting get, getting stuff done and so sort of this joy of congregation which people are really yearning for uh is something that we are going to emphasize a lot and we believe out of that will out of that will come collaboration and innovation and focus and camaraderie and and you know culture 
rather than mandating it. And and at the end of the day, um, you know, you have so much fun that you create FOMO where people, you know, want to come to the office right. as opposed to are told to come to the office. So my, my gut is, as this evolves, fifty um, percent uh, remote. Uh, uh, or yeah, fifty percent remote, thirty uh, percent club, and twenty percent hub. We'll get more of a shift to club, is my gut. Um, where the club, which is the middle band, will grow bigger, uh, because people at the end of the day, uh, humans are social animals. Uh, we love to collaborate um, and and sort of work with others as we innovate. Uh, and that that's where we we will end up but but it is definitely a transition and transformation of how we work with um uh, how, how isolations work with each other uh, and that will continue to evolve mm. okay uh, let's talk about uh, 2021 um, you've all said that you had a record year uh, fantastic growth 50% more than 50% of your customers expanded their business with you uh, give us a sense of the biggest factors that contributed to this growth? Yeah. Um, it, so I think the, the category, it's it, it more at a category level, and obviously I said it's execution. Uh, but the category is now, you know, firmly moved from good to have to must have. Mm. I think what people are realizing is that when times are tough, you go to your contract, or contracts with your customers and your suppliers to figure out where the risks might be. And I'll give you examples in a second. Uh, and when things are going well, you go to your contracts to accelerate them so that uh, you can you know, bring in revenue faster and uh, the time to contracting and um, sort of uh, delivering whatever, whatever service or product they deliver sort of improves on that. Um, and on the, on, the, on, on the former side, you know, one of the things that a lot of our customers who are, you know, essentially in Europe and, and the United States, um, when the Russia sanctions uh, were announced, mm -hmm. um, most all of our customers went to their contract management database mm -hmm. uh, and they applied queries uh, and, and wrote some AI models to figure out which of their suppliers and which of their customers were impacted by these um, by the sanctions, mm. uh, and 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 it, it, it is a little bit complicated because you know the entities are not named. You have to kind of find them, and once the entity gets named, that is under sanction. Um, how they're doing business with uh, our customer might be under a different name or. Um, or the description will be different. So, so our customers actually went to their contracting database to find that. And then the other thing that they went to the database uh, is, if we stop doing business with this supplier, who are the other suppliers where, that we can order these um, parts from or these services from that are similar to the supplier that is sanctioned? And again, that's in the database. In the, mm -hmm. It's in the contract. Uh, or if we are due to sanctions, not able to provide a service or a product to a customer, um, what is the liability? Uh, eventually, long term, when all of this is resolved um, for the next several years, uh, what, what might we be exposed to uh, if we stop giving this product or service because uh, the country that 
the customer is in or the customer themselves are sanctioned um and 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 this the similar thing happened when when covid uh, sort of last year and the year before um so different waves were coming uh, and and customers uh, sort of at the initial when when the initial covid sort of waves hit in 2020 um customers were really worried about force majeure implications Mm. Our, cust- uh, our customers were uh, and our customers were also worried if you know their customers had terms like termination for convenience and whether those customers will terminate uh, and and bo- both these sort of events brought into focus the importance of contracts uh, and how you have to uh, think of contract management and how you manage the contract as a strategic asset um uh and a strategic business process uh, so the category got a lot of impetus uh from customers saying essentially saying hey i want to i, I want to do this business process much better um and then then of course uh technology wise and and that's where you know and talk a little bit more about that i'm sure later um our leadership really differentiates us because we are a platform uh we are uh, ai based platform uh we have you know if you look at the number of contracts we have and the diversity of contracts we have um and, and the quality of contracts we have we probably have the uh, largest database of contracts with respect to diversity volume and quality in the world and our ai engine uh, and our ml engine has been able to deliver so much value to our customers Uh, and our platform itself uh, which is you know purpose built uh, to be very flexible and configurable uh, and open uh, so that we can integrate with other systems um, very easily in these large enterprises that has born uh, a lot of value uh, uh, to us so i would say uh, so the reason for our success in the previous uh, 12 months is contracts have uh, contract management has become a must have or critical to have then a good to have and second um the platform itself and the ai technology that that we have is so differentiating uh that customers have gotten tremendous amount of value which gives us impetus for growth uh within the customers or of course growth uh, to get new logos mm mm-hmm. give us a sense of how fast you grew in 2021 yeah i i think we were we grew north of 50% okay mm. um and 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 we grew you know similarly in the past but but our base is increasing mm. and to grow at you know at you know north of 100 million dollars of revenue much north to grow at 50% that shows how long legs the company has Mm-hmm. uh to keep growing um and and we believe we might even see acceleration in our growth uh in the coming quarters and coming years mm-hmm. uh and uh, but 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 that's where we are north of 50% growth and way north of 100 million dollars in revenue mm-hmm. so this uh, transition from something that's good to have to something that has become an important uh, strategic necessity um what sort of the big picture here in the in the sense that uh, and and you all also have talked about how this is uh, you know clm is now 
uh, the next uh, system of record yeah of record yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. so what what is the big picture i mean from your yeah. biggest customers point of view what is you know changing in their world fundamentally because of which clm has become critical yeah yeah no uh that it, it, it is a big change so so it, i think we talked about this last time also uh but but in in a company there are you know four system of systems of record the system of record for your customers the system of record for your supplier the system of record for your employees and the system of record of your transaction right which is the sort of financial the erp system the fifth system of record which is the contract system of record has all your entitlements and obligations um or commitments um with with your suppliers with your partners with your customers uh, with your employees and this system the uh, the contracting system of record really sits in the middle of the other four systems of record mm-hmm. right because you have customer contracts and your supplier contracts and then uh, and your employee contracts and obviously the performance of the contracts is registered in the erp system in the transaction system of record and the 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 big picture value that customers are seeing uh, is that not only a contract management system sort of used to memorialize the purpose of a relationship right if i'm going to sell something to somebody i'm going to sell at a certain price a certain number of units um and i'm going to be sort of committing to an sla uh and and other legal terms and operating terms you know, and sort of memorializing all that correctly mm. uh is is something that a contract management system obviously does but what customers are more and more interested is whether the intent that is memorialized in the contract got fully realized in the real world that means did i get what yeah a supplier committed to me to do both sort of sort of the product or service they're supposed to give me the quality the discounts and also um uh, terms related to uh legal uh, or or operations issue there the lots of terms related to ESG which is sort of uh our new provisions that our customers introduced but did we get all of that from our supplier and on the other side was the intent of that is memorializing the contract uh that we are supposed to do what we are supposed to do for our customers did we deliver on that or not mm-hmm. and i think this this sort of double value that the contract management system gives memorialize and ensure that what is memorialized actually happens in the real world is is it definitely a new value that customers are getting from the contract management system and especially our platform um because now our platform sits in the middle and make sure that the you know sourcing system the crm system plugs in and when the deal is formulated we help make sure the deal uh gets memorialized and the contract gets created properly and then because we connect with the transaction system we are monitoring to make sure that uh everything that's in the contract with respect to delivery discounts etc etc act that actually happened and if it didn't then who gets you know what w- what are the steps that you need to take to make sure that somebody gets ahead of the curve or or somebody follow up follows up on it 
Uh, is there an ex extra risk that you have to manage? Is there a compliance issue? Are you leaving revenue on the table? Are your costs more than what they're supposed to be? And, and this sort of four-pronged value, right? Increase revenue, reduce costs, um, manage risk better and ensure compliance is what our customers are getting beyond just you know, putting the contract together. And I think that's a, that's a substantial change of the perception of contract management or what a contract management system can do and the value it can deliver um, in the last, you know, that change has happened in the last 12 to 18 months and it will accelerate moving forward. And you spoke about how your AI-infused uh, platform is one area of, uh, you know, competitive advantage for you. Um, maybe give us an example to illustrate how you know, or to illustrate the level of sophistication that's possible today in terms of how your customers can use your AI platform and uh, look for opportunities that come out of studying their contracts. Definitely, definitely. So, so let's start on the memorializing side, right? Um, when you are negotiating a contract with the counterparty, um, the the how do you bring the full full knowledge of the company where? Have you negotiated a similar contract with somebody else within your geography or elsewhere? Or have you negotiated this provision with somebody else? And what is the final um, language that you landed with? Our AI actually looks, looks at what you're negotiating and goes around, you know, sort of finds other customers and other uh, situations where that particular provision was negotiated and we make um, recommendations. Why don't you choose this language? Or here is another, another counterparty uh, that accepted this particular provision. Uh, and that's tremendously valuable, right? I mean, think about so these negotiations happen in a bespoke way, right? It's some lawyer or, or, or a business person or a paralegal or a contract specialist who's sitting um, in, in you know, who are sitting all over the world and they, they are negotiating potentially similar contracts or definitely very similar terms. How do you make sure that that knowledge gets processed and represented and uh, to, to the negotiator so that um, they can efficiently conclude uh, the, the negotiation and not take on excessive risk uh, and be within standard uh, and and get the contract done quickly. It's it's that there's an app that we have that sits on the platform called Negotiate AI that actually mm -hmm. helps negotiators negotiate better. Uh, and and that's that's one tremendous value that our customers get. On the other side, on the intent side, um, there's an app that we have called Discover AI, uh, which knows or you know what are your obligations. Um, uh, both commercial and non-commercial um, with the counterparty. And then it is able to look at the surround, the data from the surround systems and give you an opinion whether that particular commitment is being fulfilled or not. And if it is not, then what do you do? Who gets alerted um, or, or what countermeasures do you take so that you protect the, protect the company? So, um, the op and, and that particular app, those are the Discover AI app and Obligation AI app. These three apps, Negotiate AI, Discover AI, and Obligation AI, uh, give tremendous value to customers that they never imagined they could have 
or could get from a software system for contract management. It's all, and the only reason we are able to do that is obviously our AI engine is very powerful, but more importantly, a, a strategic asset is the contracts that we have and the diversity of contracts and the data that is in them um, that the AI engine learns from. Uh, and the AI engine is really as smart as the quality, quantity, diversity, et cetera, of the data. Uh, and because we have the most amount of data, our AI engine is the most powerful of uh, any vendor, uh, which is a big strategic uh, competitive advantage, as you mentioned, uh, now and into the future. Hmm. And and in, in the recent past, you've been adding uh, industry vertical specific solutions. So tell us a bit about this uh, strategy. W what's the opportunity here? Yeah. Um, so think, you know, contact management is a very horizontal category. Hmm. Like, so every vertical, every company of every size, anywhere around the world needs a contact management system. So to think of it like a CRM system or an ERP system. It's very, very horizontal. Now, what, what customers are also saying that in addition to it being very horizontal, there are very specific contracts and workflow and data that customers have within vertical. So let's take pharmaceutical as a vertical. The pharmaceutical supply chain and the contracts with suppliers and the pharmaceutical distribution chain on the other side, you know, manufactured goods or drugs that get distributed, those contracts on the customer side and the supplier side are very different than um, what the contracts will be for, for manufacturing, right? For a Daimler, um, their supply chain for auto parts is very different and their distribution mechanism to dealership or direct is very different and those contracts are very different. So these, these, you know, these two verticals have very different contracting needs, though at a high level, very similar. There's workflow, there's document assembly, there is you know, some standard contracting terms, uh, but there are some very specific contracting terms. And what our customers uh, sort of said was, hey, if you could build verticalized solutions on your platform, so a verticalized ICI for, you know, life sciences slash pharmaceutical, a verticalized ICI is, ICS stands for ICS Contact Intelligence Platform. So verticalized ICI for um, technology companies, for system integrators, for manufacturing or automotive, uh, the value that you will be able to deliver for these specialized workflows and the specialized data and the specialized type of contract will be, will be immense. Uh, so we took our horizontal approach that we have been essentially going down for the last, gosh, nine years and responding to customer need. We, we, we have now started verticalizing our platform tied to the different contracts and workflows and how these companies do business with their suppliers and with their customers, delivering substantial incremental value that a purely horizontal platform can't. And that's the strategy that uh, the verticalization um, is going to, it, it's, it's uh, executing on. Mm. If you throw the story three, five years forward, what will your customers you know, be like in terms of the way they use technology 
and and in that context what are the ways in which icert is is already preparing itself yeah yeah i i think i think this category will be an ai category in 3 to 5 years um and so it so so right now people people think of contact management mostly a category tied to documents and workflows mm. right because contracts are considered as documents um and workflows because sort of within a company there's a workflow for approving and signing the contract and when you're talking to your counterparty or supplier or customer there's a workflow that goes on between the counterparty and yourself and that's that's sort of the frame that most people have been evaluating this category um mm. in 3 to 5 years the frame that people look at this is how is ai materially delivering unique value to customers because the the um, the workflow and the document stuff will be table stakes like it's expected that you do that you need to have a filing cabinet that's not that's not that's not a that's not value add mm. um but but how how are you taking um taking the data how you taking the instrumentation within the platform you know there's lots of instrumentation within the platform about how fast do certain contracts move through the system you know which contracts get stuck which provisions or clauses are the most negotiated provisions or clauses and there's you know there's, there's lots of data and how how do you take this data which is generated in the in the in the system how do you take the data that is within the contracts both the structured and the unstructured data and meld the two together with external data to deliver value that is here to sort of been not been imagined i think that's one vast area that we are investing substantially in and then the other area is obviously blockchain i think we talked about this last time also uh, that hey can can the blockchain concepts uh be applied to contract management especially related to smart smart contracting especially related to multi tier supply chains especially related to um that the immutability of the data in the blockchain mm. um so i think i think that is where uh, our category is going to grow go and we believe you know because we have the platform we do which is open api which is verticalized which we have the data uh that nobody else has uh and we have the technology chops um we'll continue to win and we'll continue to lead obviously requires a lot of hard work and making the right business decisions but the world mm-hmm. is an oyster for us uh you know i think mm-hmm. this is um ours to lose mm-hmm. so i get the sense that uh, you know in that time frame and definitely beyond that Icertis will become even more of an intellectual property driven company than it is already today basically in the sense that you would bring a deeper I mean ever deeper understanding of your customers business domains um, that's the essentially what i guess oh I, i see yeah that's right that's right so so i think i i and that's another good point and and thanks thanks for double clicking on it what 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 customers want is um sort of unique and special value tied to their way of doing business the customers have a unique way of doing business within the company and within their vertical uh and then and obviously uh, sort of broadly as, as as an enterprise as a horizontal play and and what what we are 
because we have our platform and i mentioned apps on top like mm-hmm. i talked about uh, discovery ai and obligation ai and negotiate ai you know you will see a proliferation of apps developing that will uh, on our platform built by us built by our partners uh, our si partners our isp partners and built by customers which will solve specific contracting um problems or, or which will you know tease out specific opportunities um uh, for for the customer through these apps through mm-hmm. this intellectual property which are very purpose built uh and that's definitely an evolution that will happen in the icertis ecosystem but we are a little bit unique in which we have a platform on apps and ai and blockchain sort of four legged stool if you want to call it uh mm-hmm. which is a very unique way to go to market than other vendors and um that evolution will surely happen mm. when briefly if uh, increasingly more number of partners and customers are beginning to build solutions for themselves on your platform are you already enabling uh, no code as well for sure uh um i we, we just actually announced a new app called ai studio hmm. which is essentially a no code low code app to visualize your contracting data uh, and to analyze it hmm. um so so the no code low code uh ability which we call democratization uh of you know contracting analysis uh, so that even the paralegal or the contract specialist or the f- frontline individual who is not necessarily a computer science uh, person will be able to analyze the data and visualize it no differently than you know these folks use excel right the revolution that excel is all about is that it took numbers in a 2 by 2 and they, it brought them to life who would mm. have thought that wall street would be running on excel or or spreadsheets we we believe uh, the ai studio product um, is similar which will bring which will democratize the way contracting data gets manipulated and visualized in a no code low code way um by by frontline uh business people as opposed mm. to computer science or it people and and that is that is another uh investment that that we are making and it's a product we already announced and it's available uh, in the customer now taking all of that um our customers will also build more applications um, beyond the no code low code which is more from the it department and our si partners like you know accenture deloitte price waterhouse uh, wipro Uh, etc will also build applications uh, to service their customers so you'll see these applications building in a prolific way over the next several years mm. N- now uh, tell us about uh, what all of this accelerated change uh, means uh, for your talent base the way it has evolved the way you are finding people in different parts of the world uh, the kind of people that you will need you know as, and you said that in the coming days you actually anticipate that you will even grow faster so what does that mean in terms of your talent pool yeah and and you know a growing company uh, has to look ahead and hire way ahead of the curve mm. we have always believe we hire people 
uh, who we need two years from now than mm. who we needed yesterday. And that is hard. Mm. Uh, hard because, you know, you have to convince people to do something sort of what they qualified for sort of much bigger to come to a company and take us into the future. Um, and, and, and as, as you look for these people, the talent pool gets smaller and smaller uh, be, because you're looking for people who have done it before and more senior and more experienced. Uh, and, and I think, I think overall the sort of talent pool in India or, or also talent pool in the United States, um, you know, either from a cost perspective or just availability perspective is getting challenging. So we are looking at talent pools outside the United States and, and India uh, to tap into just because our needs are uh, growing and uh, we believe there's opportunity and there's smart people and smart engineers in other geographies that we would probably uh, need to tap into now as we look into the future. Um, so our ta talent base, if you, if you think about it, it's more, you know, we have our usual sort of C-sharp, uh, et cetera, engineers, uh, but, you know, people who have done AI modeling before uh, mm. on, you know, uh, Azure cognitive learning, people who understand blockchain mm. uh, and, and have implemented real products uh, mm. in blockchain, people um, who have done high scale, like global platforms, um, because, you know, our platform is, you know, a global platform that, uh, that has customers from around the world, US, Europe, India, Australia, um, and that scale is unique. And mm. therefore, we are looking for engineers who have had that experience to build uh, platforms of that scale. Obviously, you know, our engineers are rapidly growing and, and learning. And uh, some of the most creative creativity we get from our engineers because they have this intuition about our customers and what their current challenges are and the technology we have. And obviously they apply the learning from, from, from just around the world, mm. apply it to, to big, give better solutions. So I think, I think overall sort of from an engineering talent pool perspective, that's where, that's where we are headed. Even on the sales and marketing side, right? We are, we want to be the contract intelligence platform of the world and that positioning and that aspiration um, requires a very different marketer and very different salesperson uh, than you know somebody who's selling a point app or um, you know the deal sizes are smaller. Our deal sizes are very large, several million dollars a year mm -hmm. uh, with our customers, and so that and and those deal sizes you know with those large customers are only growing. So it, both on the sales and marketing side and on the engineering side, um, I think there is an evolution. Uh, of the uh, kind of uh, assertions we need, or as we call assertion, new assertions, uh, assertions we need. And uh, you know, if anybody is listening to this podcast, send me a note uh, on LinkedIn. Connect with me and send me a mail uh, if you think you would be part of this journey to build the contract intelligence platform of the world and transform the foundation of commerce. Uh, and you know, I'll use 
you know, John F. Kennedy's phrase, hey, we do this not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Hmm. If you like to solve hard problems, come talk. Hmm. Yeah, on that point, and also to just uh, get a sense of where the Indian uh, SaaS slash software product ecosystem is headed um, from someone who's, you know, contributed deeply to, you know, helping building it. Uh, what kind of experience are you now able to find in india that you would not have found maybe even 3 years ago yeah yeah and and, and it, it is substantially changed in a you know really positive way uh you know we most of the folks that came to work for us let's say 3 to 5 years ago as you can imagine were from one of the services companies so they had experience mm-hmm. in building custom apps um potentially at scale uh, mm-hmm. but where they were sort of sort of narrowly trying you know built to solve a particular problem uh there is now because of the proliferation of uh the venture uh business uh in india uh proliferation of startups proliferation of b2b startups mm-hmm. um we're seeing more and more talents that actually understand you know and and has intuitive knowledge the grok as they say uh what it takes to build a b2b product at scale mm. uh i think i think we could still do more there with respect to um talent developing that area because m- many of the indian companies are b2c mm. um and b2b companies like us i think are few I, I, you probably have the data of the 50 odd unicorns how many are b2c and how many are to be that have, that are indian or have indian heritage uh my gut is you know probably 60 70% are b2c and the rest are uh, b2b uh, so we could probably um see a a growth in that b2b ecosystem uh of of unicorns and startups and this this sort of is the virtuous cycle right success breeds success uh and and the talent pool will get wider and larger uh, over the next several years and we're looking forward to that because i think not only icertis but all sort of entrepreneurs uh, and successful companies need great engineers um and the faster we can sort of get them out of college the faster they can go through this training um and the faster they can be available to uh, to, to code at scale at this complexity the better it will be for for all of us uh, at different sizes and uh, different scales etc so uh, definite positive evolution but i think work in progress mm fairly well put um, you've already cracked the 100 million arr milestone so now obviously you know you would all aspire to become a much larger company i don't know half a billion dollars maybe even a billion dollar company by revenue so in that context uh, what are some of the most noteworthy ways in which your go to market requirements have changed yeah uh, and and you know growth is the probably the most important thing revenue growth customer growth usage growth um uh, for for any company and especially enterprise saas company and the way to drive growth uh is obviously have a great product which customers want uh but also 
sort of start addressing more and more of the TAM and deliver more and more value to your existing customers or, or the TAM that you're, that, that you're addressing. We are right now squarely focused um, on the global 5,000. That's, that's the TAM we address mm. um, out of the total TAM of all companies and all uh, uh, public sector entities that need uh, contract management. In fact, uh, if my memory serves me right, uh, about 10 to 15% of the Fortune 500 are our customers. Mm. Um, I think 20% of the global 1,000 are customers. So, so we have some, we have a very, very strong base. Now what we are looking for is, you know, how do we expand geographically? Mm. Like we have uh, obviously United States, some in Canada, Western Europe, India, and some in Australia, New Zealand. That's sort of the broadly the footprint of the customers we have. You know, obviously Southeast Asia and Japan um, and Korea, Latin America, MENA, Middle East and um, Africa. Um, all, we haven't gone there. So we are definitely thinking about how can we expand geographically. We're also thinking about how can we expand into more of the mid-market. Um, and what you know, the, our platform is so horizontal and so flexible that really it can address the problems for um, contracting problems for for the mid-market. And we'll definitely ex definitely expand into that. And then all the apps that we are building, right? How do you get give more value to our current customers? Um, and you know, AI Studio is one example, and there are many apps uh, in our pipeline, uh, and that expands what our salespeople can sell to to customers. So, you know, find sort of broaden geographically um, who you can sell to sell go down market a little bit so that you have more customers there and then obviously innovate to sell more to existing customers and i think with with that sort of three-pronged strategy we probably um can have a sustainable substantial growth i mean um, that a best company and enterprise SaaS can have uh you know into the future i think in the next three to five years I think the visibility for growing really well definitely exists, uh, given the opportunities to expand into the areas that I just mentioned. Mm. Excellent. Um, any uh, specific points that you'd like to highlight? I mean, in the context of our conversation, something that I did not ask you or I just didn't know about. Uh, I, I think the the one thing that that we are very unique uh, with respect to go to market strategy is our, uh, our partnerships. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you, you know, I, I don't know if you got a chance to read about our partnership with SAP. Mm. Uh, we just announced it on Jan 25th uh, this year. And that's a very strategic partnership where we will be the preferred uh, contract management uh, platform for all of their products. The products uh, related to their procure-to-pay products like Ariba, uh, SAP HANA, Success mm. Factors, which is their HR product, Field Glass, which is their services um, product. Um, and, and I think that for, for both companies, a fantastic opportunity to integrate our products even more deeply 
and deliver very unique and material value to our joint customers. Mm. Um, obviously, we'll have access to the SAP Salesforce. SAP will have access to the best contract management product uh, in the world. I said it's contract intelligence platform, and it's 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 a it's a fantastic win-win partnership uh, that just launched, and it's really off to a blazing start. Uh, mm. Uh, way ahead of plan in the first what three and a half months or four and a half months. So so very excited about that. I think uh, um, partnership with Microsoft. Uh, you know Microsoft. I think I mentioned in the last podcast was our first customer. So we've had mm. uh, you know we've been partners with Microsoft for the last ten years. They um, you know we obviously use their products. Uh, they are standardized on ISO's contract intelligence, and then we go to market together. So that we can deliver uh, a great Azure-based solution, contract management solution, ICI for our joint customers, and then the SI partnerships that we have are are extremely powerful. You now we have a very strategic partnership with Accenture, with Deloitte, and with PwC, hmm. um, where you know, you know they have reference architectures designed around our product. Uh, sort of, and then SAP and our products, and and sort of to be able to go to market with these large companies who can large SIs will also do all the implementations. I think gives tremendous amount of um, uh, opportunity for us to grow, fulfill our aspirations of growth. I guess is the right way to say it. Um, so, so I would, I would, it's it definitely an area that perhaps we could have uh, another conversation someday mm-hmm. to why partnerships matter. And how pat- partnerships can truly differentiate and give you the ability to grow in a way that somebody without who doesn't have partnerships just can't. Mm. Uh, but it also requires a lot of commitment from the top. It requires you know, the belief that partnerships work because these require energy, stamina, uh, and 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 a lot of hard work on both sides to, to get bring them to fruition. But we are better net. Uh, we are, you know, Microsoft relationship is fantastic for the many years. SAP is off to a flying start, and the Accenture, Deloitte, and PwC relationship just started in the last 12 months, which which are also off to a flying start. And we believe will deliver uh, even more growth um, and our ability to deliver deliver even more value to our joint customers. So, so one area that I would also mention. All right, um, Samir, wonderful update on uh, ICERTIS. Clearly, twenty twenty one has been uh, sort of a seminal year for your company, and I guess you're all set for accelerated growth ahead. Uh, thank you so much again, sir, for making time for this, and definitely hope to keep the conversation going. My pleasure. Thank you so much. I, uh, it was fun. That's it for this conversation. You can find all our podcasts at ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakali. Thank you for listening.